Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's Sunday night. Joining me from Naples, Florida is our front office insider, Bobby Marks. Hi, Bobby. Hey, Brian. How are you? Good. Can you believe um, what was more shocking today? Uh, Jose Alvarado (laughs) of the New Orleans Pelicans putting up 38 points on the Nuggets, who, by the way, the Nuggets are the uh, 38 points from was not a good weekend for the Nuggets, but 38 points from Jose Alvarado, the most points ever scored by an undrafted player in the NBA. I, um, I, I, I commented right when it was going on. I said, you might as well guarantee the rest of that contract for uh, this year. It can, I mean, can you believe too, that they have him under contract? And I understand at the time, I mean, the guy wasn't making any money. He was on a two way, um, you know, but this year's partial next year's non-guaranteed. It's a team option. And, it's one of these baseball type contracts that we see out there. Like, right. right. Like the pitch, the pitcher will be like 34 when he hits free agency and it'd be able to cash in here. But I think I'm more shocked that Willie green took him out at, at 38, although he had two attempts to get to 40 um, that he took him out of the game there. So I talked to Andrew Lopez who covers the Pelicans. He was at the game and he was chasing 40 for several possessions. Um, He pointed out Zion's never scored 40 in a game. Um, but uh, apparently he's told me that the Pelicans, the last few possessions, like um, they're, they, were sc- they were moving screens like crazy. They were, they were trying like everything in their playbook to try to get him to that 40 point. He couldn't. There was, there was multiple there. clear outs. <laughs> <laughs> one four flat for Jose Alvarado. He, he didn't run one four flat when he was in high school, I'm sure. No, um, so AD scores 55 in DC tonight. The Lakers win again. He was 55 and 17. Bobby, I have his stats for the last 10 games. He's averaging 35 points, 16 rebounds, shooting 65%. 65%. Part of the reason why he's on this hot streak is he has knocked off shooting threes and has been getting to the line, uh, attacking, super aggressive. Averaging 10 free throws a game in those 10 games. And he's shooting 88% of the line. By the way, when he does shoot the three, which he's only averaging like one and a half a game, he's shooting like 45% on those. But he's kind of morphed over his game. But more than anything, like he's just being viciously aggressive. And I've talked to some folks around the team. I've talked to some folks around AD. His back was bothering him early in the season, and it's better now. Only he knows, like, you know, that he missed a game last week because of a calf injury. So, I mean, yeah, he's healthy, but only he knows why all of a sudden he's being just vicious, like the Anthony Davis peak Anthony Davis. And um, it's made a humongous difference. The Lakers started 2-10. and 10. They went in uh, D.C. tonight. Now, Bradley Beal only played three minutes, had a hamstring injury. But, I mean, pff, good luck beating any team when a guy scores 55. LeBron had a good night too, and they're 10 and 12. They started two and 10. They've gone eight and two cents, Bobby. I mean, um, you know, I don't love to talk about the Lakers, but you got to give them their due. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could, you could say, Hey, look at their schedule. I mean, there's had, they've had some soft ones there with, with San Antonio, but they've beaten the teams they are supposed to, to, to be. I mean, it's funny, Brian, I, I watched, you know, you watched the Friday night game against Milwaukee and both, I mean, probably one of the better regular season games that we've yeah. seen in a, in a long time. 
And both teams towards the end, or you know, they're everyone's grabbing at their shorts because they are dead tired here. And LeBron, I don't know if I've ever seen LeBron that tired, and I've seen LeBron tired. Well, and that was the thing I said to myself after they won. All right, what is the carryover effect going to be? You know, they didn't play. I mean, Milwaukee had to go to um, to Charlotte the next night, and basically, ha- uh, you know, there was no Holiday, Middleton, or Giannis in that game. And I'm thinking, all right, they still Lakers won, are, and still won, <laughs> yeah. And Lakers are in. Um, you know, they got to play the Wizards on Sunday. So, like, what's the carryover effect going to be? Is there going to be not really a hangover, but from a fatigue standpoint? Yeah, and you know how Anthony played, you know, Sunday night, there wasn't, and you're right. I mean, in that Milwaukee game, I think he had t- attempted one, three ex- until like three minutes left in the fourth where you hit, you know, you know, you know, two, I think two back to back here. And I'm working on this document for, I think December 15th, 16th, where we take like, you know, front office questions, what teams have to ask themselves. And we kind of separate players with trade value, who has the value, controllable contracts and originally like i had ad in my um you know player was with trade value and i'm i've taken him off that because i'm putting him in that basically off the board category right like you know lebron because of the extension um but there are players there like um jason tatum um that are we consider them kind of off the board untouchable here and i don't know if you you know if this team was sputtering and they're four in i don't know 18 then you're probably thinking, you know what, we might have to, you know, try to split that Davis contract up into something here. But man, he's he's pl- they're playing as good as they've played. Um, they've kind of just know their roles, right? Like you know, you're you're two alphas. Um, you've kind of figured out the Westbrook situation here, and then you're getting kind that of was contract- a huge getting him to accept that role because yep. he's he's now become a plus player. I was thinking that, that he was that he was so bad in the starting lineup, and he wasn't going to accept that role. It looked like that for a really long time. I mean, he was, you know, doing whatever when he got sent to the bench and him becoming a plus player, not even, not just a zero. Um, they got a little healthier for sure. And they've started to shoot the three pointer, like fine. Like instead of being historically bad, you know, it's been fine. Some nights are better than others. Lonnie Walker has been better than, than I thought he would be. So we'll see. I mean, it's, the next they still have a really hard month, but you know, definitely, you know, you win in Milwaukee and Washington. Washington's a playoff team starting the week here. So I mean, you gotta you gotta say that Darvin Ham has done a good job of writing the ship and, and AD has been enormous. And I know people are gonna start talking about AD for MVP. That's gonna be what I mean. I'm sure tomorrow when I get the rundown for various shows it's going to be ad mvp is going to be on the rundown but um you know he's playing the best basketball in the league right now so you know you got to give him that he was just player of the week i wouldn't be surprised if he wins it again here tomorrow yeah i mean i think i mean mvp i mean that's probably for another day and stuff but what the one thing with the, with the lakers too well you know when we, we just mentioned about westbrook here i think what's happened is, is that it takes a little bit more pressure off the front office where we've always talked about, all right, Westbrook and the two ones, right? Westbrook and, you know, what can that get you? We're now, maybe it's not about Westbrook. Maybe it's about Patrick Beverly. Maybe it's about Kendrick yeah. Nunn. What can $18 million and a, maybe it's a protected one here. Um, you know, I, it makes things a little bit more manageable as far as if they want to go out and become, you know, become buyers here. 
It's the thing I'll say about AD, I was never in favor of trading him. And look, if they had gotten to four and 18 and he was struggling, I would have had maybe a different opinion, but I've never been in favor of trading him. Just like last year, when people were talking about Jalen Brown and um, Jason Tatum, I was, ne- I was never in favor of trading them. Um, and it's why, like right now, I say as frustrating as it is for the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, I'm not that they would trade him, but like they have to stick with him because ultimately the talent is so rare that you have to stick with it. With it. And by the way, if AD goes back into the tank or if he sprains his ankle this week coming up and misses a month, it's the reason why you stay in it because – um, the, the, the talent level is such that you just have to, you have to stay invested. You know, it's like a, it's like a, you know, if you believe in a stock, a couple well, it's of like bad Brooklyn. it's like Brian's like Brooklyn with Durant. Yeah. I mean, the talent level between, you know, for, for players like Kevin Durant at that level and there it's, there's so much, it's such difference. I mean, I know we're getting off track a little bit, but you watch the, the, the Dallas New York game from Saturday afternoon is a, is a great example of that. Like Dallas has Luca, New York doesn't, right? Right. Like when you have a player like that, that can elevate everyone else around you and still go out and give you 35 points. I mean, like everybody is starving at for one of those players on your roster. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that was the, the, the Knicks, by the way, <laughs> as bad as they looked on, uh, on Saturday, they came back and beat the Cavs in a good win tonight. But um you know, you mentioned the the Nets. The Nets um, have are on this homestand, and you know they 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 came in today's game. You know, won three games in a row. Like all of a sudden, it was like, well, wait a minute. You know, it, it can change your whole outlook. Now, Celtics came in today and and knocked them off that perch. But um, you know, you're we're we're one week. You're always kind of one week away in the NBA from having your outlook changed. And so, um, you know, we'll see a week from now and the Lakers are on the road for the rest of this week. We'll see where they are. Um, we'll see where they are at the end. To me, uh, I've said this before, but I'm circling January 1st. The Lakers have 13 road games this month. They've played two and they're two and zero in them. Um, and, uh, the home games they have in between road trips are really hard and they're on the road for Christmas. And, um, they got a really, I've never quite seen Bobby. Uh, typically when you're on the road for Christmas, they let you come home right after you're on the road for Christmas. Lakers, go on the road for Christmas and stay out for a week. Like they're on the road for Christmas and New Year's It's kind of, kind of rude. Um, so we'll see where they are January 1st. If January 1st, they're in position. Okay. You can now stream the most MLB games on direct TV without a satellite dish. Yes. Catch the clutch hit strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa birds, old timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill seeking raccoons, you name it. They won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on direct TV. That means direct TV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes. Stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECT-TV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. Uh, okay. Um, 
I wanted to talk uh, tonight also about the Atlanta Hawks. Now, we had planned to talk about the Hawks before this news story came from the Athletic today about Trey Young and Nate McMillan, which we'll talk about in a second. But the reason I want to talk about the Hawks with you, Bobby, was because um, I, they're a team that we don't pay much attention to. They have star players, but they don't get the high profile. And they're, they're, they're doing fine. They're, they're in fourth place in the East. Um, but I was aware um, that there was some internal struggles that were going on there. And one of the things was, you know, Trey Young, uh, they trade for DeJounte Murray in the offseason. And the concept is that he's going to now share the ball a little bit with, with Murray. That, you know, that he, that Murray brings defense, Murray takes the pressure off. Because, you know, Trey Young was awesome last year. He made the All-NBA team. Um, and... Uh, you know, super high um, usage rate. And so the idea was let's take some, some stress off of him. They bring DeJounte, or they bring DeJounte Murray in. And for the first month, six weeks of the season, his usage rate was even higher than it was last year. No, he, you know, he and Murray had some great games, but um, it wasn't the kind of uh, flow that they were um, looking for. And they, they, they've, they've won games. I mean, they're, they, they've never like been in a bad way and now they've got injuries, but um, you know, I know that, that Nate McMillan, from what I was told, Nate McMillan was trying to get Trey to, to share the ball a little bit more. And they had, from what I was told, like there was a moment in a film session where they kind of got into it a little bit, but you know, Bobby film, film sessions are prone for that. Um, you know, I heard about it. I didn't do anything. I just sort of let it go. And then we have this report from the athletic from um, Shams Charania and, uh, uh, and Sam Amick about how Friday, Nate McMillan and Trey young got into a disagreement over shoot around participation. And then he didn't come to the game uh, and they ruled him out with a shoulder injury. Um, they played the nuggets. I think that was Friday night. Yeah. They, play, they played the nuggets. They don't have John Collins. He had an ankle injury. They don't have Deandre Hunter. I can't remember what his injury is, but he's, they're both going to be out for a couple of weeks. I think is a hip injury. I don't know. Um, Trey young misses shoulder injury. They list him as out. Uh, also Justin holidays and health and safety. They're missing four rotation players. They play the, 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 the um, nuggets who have been on a, on a pretty good run and they play like one of their best games of the year. Now, uh, <laughs> Bogdan Bogdanovich came back from injury. He hadn't played all year. He didn't play well, but they played it through one of their best games of the year. The ball's moving around. AJ Griffin, who's there, uh, they picked him in the first round last year. Adrian Griffin's son. He's, by the way, looked pretty good. I'm sorry I'm filibusting here, Bobby. He has the best game he's had so far. DeJounte Murray has a great game. Like their spirit is great. Everybody's happy. They get a big win over the Nuggets with nobody there. And so, um, Nate McMillan comes out today and says the reason that Trey Young didn't play, wasn't there on Friday, was because of a miscommunication. So um, what do we make of the situation in Atlanta at this point? Um, again, they're in fourth place. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they were 10 and 14, I would think like, you know, let's raise the red flag, but they're, they're, in, they're in fourth place. They're in top 10 in the league in offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, they've gotten, and they, and you've got injuries right now, um, to, as you said, Collins and Hunter, um, you've gotten great production out of AJ Griffin. I mean, I think he's made him, I think he's made Bogdanovic expendable. If he's not already expendable there, 
um, as far as with the wing. I think the interesting thing with Trey, second in the league in, in shot attempts, right? And having a career year low in field goal percentage and three-point yeah. percentage. Yeah, yeah. He's having his worst shooting season of his career. And by the way, their three-point shooting is terrible as a team. Yep. It's it's like bottom three in the league as a team. It, it, which, you know, it's ask the Lakers. It's hard to compete when you can't hit threes. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, well, this is, goes back to what we just talked about with Anthony Davis. Like you've got a guy this good, you know, his, you know, a six footers value skill set is different than a big man, but in terms of like, you know, it's harder to find a, a guy like Anthony Davis and his Trey young, but still we're talking about a guy who was all NBA. Um, there's a reason, you know, Trey young feels emboldened because the team has functioned around him. And so he is going to push back and he is going to want to do things his way. Um, but he's an incredibly, incredibly valuable player. So um, there's no doubt that there's some stuff that's got to be worked out between the head coach and the, and the star Bobby. And the thing is that the last, you know, he had, he had issues with the last coach with Lloyd Pierce. So, you know, if you're the Hawks, you're like, man, you know, they're so deep. They've, you know, one of the things that they have done so well to build this team is draft. Yeah. Really good. Um, really uh, and AJ good. Griffin is another, is another example of their draft. And so they've got a lot of depth. They've, they've, they, you know, they are upwardly mobile. They can trade some, some pieces. Um, it's, you know, I, I don't think it should be a super alarm, but it is something to be, I think, to be to be watchful of, of a team that has a chance to make some noise in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, they, their schedules have been a little bit soft, I think. You know, they've gotten uh, Houston twice, which they lost to, um, New York twice, Detroit twice, or uh, Chicago. I think they've got OKC is their next, and they come they come east up, you know, or northeast with, with New York and, and, and Brooklyn here. It's funny, if you would have said to me, that it was John Collins. It was the guy that, you know, didn't show up or didn't come. Then I'd be like, yeah, I, I get it. You know, he's averaging a career low in field goal attempts. And he's like, he's, he's basically been phased out of the offense here. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not, as I said, I'm not ready to kind of sound the alarms here, but you know, you know, Trey young is a polarizing figure, right? Like, but as we talked about when we started the show, like players like him will win you playoff series. Players like him will win you playoff games here. And, you know, when, you know, when you give a player a, a $209 million five-year max contract, it comes with the expectations now of you becoming that leader, right? Like, I don't care that you're only in the fifth year, you know, year five, as far as being in this leader, like, like you are, you are the guy now, right? Like that comes with it. Yeah. And he's, he's not the, just be frank. He's not the easiest guy to play with. He can be a tough guy to play with. And We've heard that before. So, um, yeah, and I, I do think internally they recognize that their record is okay, but their record for the schedule they played should be better. Um, I think that they are a little bit worried about where they'll be in another month. It also depends on um, on the health of these players. I mean, you know, you're missing a couple of starters. Um, you know, John Collins has been 
rumored to have been traded like 15 different times in the last he's like year. he's like the brooke lopez when i had brooke in new jersey in brooklyn yeah we, we i think we traded him about five times and um i think john <laughs> collins he's a, he's like the guy like whenever i'm rating my trade guide i'm just gonna start just john collins every year right makes it easy for me <laughs> <laughs> right. i mean like i wonder uh how many teams john collins has been linked to uh it's a, it's at least a third of the league if not more but uh but yeah, I, I do I do think that um, that's a situation that bears watching. Another situation that bears watching, I want to know from your perspective, we've talked a, a bit on the pod about the, the issues that the Warriors um, are facing with what to do with their roster. And to me, I think this is a really interesting case study, a real front office case study. Um, so the Warriors, they're you know, their home road split is kind of crazy and you just can't believe that they're going to continue to be this team all year. Um, they start this week. Uh, they've crawled into the top six, but they're still two and 10 on the road, 11 and one at home. And one of the reasons is because their bench has been so poor. We talked on the podcast last week about James Wiseman going to, um, Santa Cruz and, and not really impressing in the G league. Um, Bontemps brought up the idea. He said this before about, you know, whether they should consider trading him for a guy like Kelly Olenek or something. So how do you, as a guy with so much front office experience, how do you judge and how do you evaluate what to do with that team? Especially as you look over in the Eastern conference and you see Boston and you see uh, Milwaukee and those teams playing so well and know that that's your competition too, not just the teams in the West. Yeah. I mean, the big question for me and you know, that I've written for golden state is like, are we comfortable selling low on James Wiseman? If it helps us now, which is the, in the Steph Curry timeline, but maybe hurts us later in the future. Right. Like that's kind of the, that's kind of the million dollar question. I think the big thing with, with golden state, Brian, and you know, this, like they don't make changes during the during the season they don't make regular season changes and of of course when you're rolling you know and with you know in, in between 2014 and 2019 you don't need to make changes during the regular season like you made the you made the d'angelo russell andrew wiggins trade um you know in february of 2020 but you were basically headed towards the lottery like that was you yeah. know, it was a basketball move, but it was a move basically for the they, next were, they were looking to trade Russell from the day they signed him, even though they denied it. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, but yeah, so they don't like to move to make, you know, the, from it, from a change standpoint, they don't make regular season deals here. And that's the big thing with Wiseman is like, he's probably your, your trade asset, right? Like when you look at, you know, Curry's off the board. You know, you're not going to do anything with Thompson and Green, I don't think. Um, Poole's got – Jordan Poole's got the um, poison pill restriction, which is incredibly hard to trade. Andrew Wiggins can't be traded. Um, and he's, you know, he's coming off that game for, I think, at 36 um, the other yeah. night against Houston. He, he, he's, he made, he's having an incredible year shooting the three. He's like shooting 44-something – I don't have it in front of me, 40-some yeah. mid-percent from three. He has eight of 11, I think. Eight of 10, eight of 11 on three that night. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like a domino effect here. I mean, then you're basically kind of staring at your younger players and, you know, with, with Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman, um, you know, 
DiVincenzo, who's on a, you know, he's got a player option for next year here. So basically like Wiseman, you know, based on where we are right now, would, would certainly signal to be the odd man out, right? Not part of the rotation. He's bouncing around Santa Cruz here. But as I said, like, if you figure like, you know, the upside to him is not there and we can go out and get one or two players that can help us win a championship now, that's the risk, right? Like that's the risk that you have to kind of weigh there. And I don't think you have to, I mean, I, I get it. Like you're always going to be say, you're always going to say like, well, we could have had um, LaMelo ball. We could have had Tyrese Halliburton here. Like you, at the end of the day, like who cares, you know, like that's for us to debate. Like that's us, for us to talk about. I think if you're Bob Myers, yeah. your track record is your track record, right? Like, yeah, like everyone misses in the draft here. And if James Wiseman is, you know, it's it's a lesson for down the road. Like, what did you do? What was the eval? I mean, he basically evaluated him on a, on six or seven games, right? Like that was yeah, and like individual workouts. Yeah, I, yeah. I compare him to Darko because he was like an individual workout do- uh, demon. Yeah, he was um, by, Brian. He was down here in Miami playing pickup with all these guys. You know, John Wall was part of that group, and you know, you got you were able to kind of get a backdoor view of kind of where he was, and there was. Hey, like there was appeal. Like you could see why the why the potential was there. Not only that, wasn't there a rule at the time that the players could only do so many certain workout numbers of workouts because of COVID? Uh, that's one of the things um, we looked back at the 2020 uh, draft at our pod that came out last Friday. And Friday through today, I heard from a handful of teams because you know the the lottery is a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um. um of course, Bontemps slayed a couple teams and then like, like he slayed Killian Hayes and Killian Hayes went out that night and like had like Thursday night after we recorded the pod and like Detroit. I don't remember who they built beat, but Killian Hayes. Dallas. Like, yeah. Dallas. Yeah. yeah. I think he had he's, 14 in overtime. <laughs> he's hitting like dagger jumpers and like McMahon is texting Bontemps, you know, <laughs> Killian Hayes got something to say. To you. Well, the pod wasn't even out yet. You know, Killian Hayes got something to say to you. Um, but I heard from a number of teams that, you know, I don't think they think they were a little annoyed in our evaluation. Um, and they just said, you know, the 2020 draft, like you just got to understand the COVID year, like the evaluation cycle was messed up. And, you know, I was talking to one team that, you know, drafted in the lottery and, you know, they didn't hit the, out of the ball of the park. And they were like, yeah, we, we probably got it wrong, but you know, you got to understand like we were so limited. And like, I remember, like hearing that there were teams, you know, why is we, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was some rule about how many workouts you could have either teams could come in or, and like, there were like scandalous, like secret, you, I mean, secret you workouts. Had to, and, and, and you had to get tested to go to these workouts. I mean, I knew yeah. guys, friends of mine who would like, they'd be on their way to Memphis to go see someone work out and they, they test positive for COVID. Right. Yeah. And now you're like, like, yeah, there was mass chaos with, and I think you look at like guys that, like Tyrese Maxey, right. Guys that got drafted in the twenties. There. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of guys you know, in the back half of the draft. Desmond Bain. Right. I mean, he was, yes. was he in that draft? Yes, um, he was. You know, there were, yeah. I mean, there were, I mean, everybody misses here. Like, I, I mean, it's just part of it. The draft is part of it. So the thing about Wiseman is that he makes a big salary as a number two pick in his third year. He's making over 10 million, right? Yeah. I mean, you could, so, you could, you could get a 14, $15 million guy back. Yeah. 
<laughs> cost them a lot, a lot <laughs> might of money. Cost you another, <laughs> might cost you another hundred million, but <laughs> <laughs> is Kelly Olenek worth another sixty? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, hey, Kelly Oubre was back in uh, 20, that's 2020, true. right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And a first. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a real, you know, I think the thing that you are worried about if you're the Warriors is you trade James Wiseman to Detroit or Utah or whatever. And a year from now, he's averaging 18, eight and, you know, a block and a half a game. And, you know, the guy you traded him for is your eighth man, you know, that's what you're worried about. Um, and, you know, they've, they, they hedge this so well to get these lottery picks. I can see why they don't want to let go. I get it. I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, in the perfect world, what, what was supposed to happen here is that Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody were going to be your next wave, right? That was the next foundation. Yeah. Like you didn't have to go out and, make trades or use your tax mid-level exception or some of these other things here that they were going to be your reliable bench presence. And, you know, when they went out after, I remember when Bob Myers talked um, after they lost to Memphis in the playing game, like he's like, I need to go out and like fix the bench. I, I need veterans. Like we need to like, and he went out and, and, and did that. You know, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't count Gary Payton as that. I mean, Gary Payton was waived right before training camp. Um, and then, and then resigned. He was basically waived because his contract was going to become guaranteed, but they did go out and got the, you know, the auto porters of the world here. And they thought that with, you know, that Moody and Kaminga and eventually Wiseman would be your, you know, those would be your next, you know, you're, they're never going to be, you know, the, ne the next courier Thompson, but they're going to be an inexpensive fix for your bench. Speaking of, uh, Curry, did you see this uh, video that went viral uh, here Sunday night of him making five full court shots in a row? Did you see that, Bobby? I didn't see it. No. Well, you will. <laughs> it's uh, him in an empty gym, and um, uh, he he's there's he's there's a ball rack next to him, and he's he throws five consecutive shots from like basically baseline to baseline, and he he makes five in a row, and on the fifth one. He goes running out of the gym. Can't believe he made five in a row. And it is very believable looking video. It's fooled tens of thousands of people, not hundreds of thousands of people by the time we do this pod. By tomorrow morning, it may have fooled millions of people. Um, and uh, it, it's, a very, it's a very, very well done edit. And I guess I can't say for 1 billion percent, but the guy who... The guy who who posted the initial clip, although Steph has posted it now too, but the guy who posted the initial clip is the same guy who posted the clips back in the spring and summer about those Tom Brady. Remember those Tom Brady oh, like yeah. um yeah, yeah, yeah. With the uh he was throwing the ball in yeah, like yeah. the the jugs gun or whatever. Yes. And there was like some Tom Brady thing where supposedly a drone caught him making a hole in one. <laughs> It was the same guy who posted those. So I, I, and he's a video uh, director and editor by trade. So, you know, just sorry to be the wet blanket uh, reporter, uh, but anyway, <laughs> has nothing to do with, uh, has nothing to do with the, the Warriors bench problem, but um, it was, <laughs> I mean, if there's anybody you could believe could hit five straight full court shots, it would be Steph, but uh you know, they should have just stuck with two. If they stuck with two, 
you'd have been like, oh my God, he made two in a row. That you could see. But when they went to five, anyway. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch assist and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Before we go, there's something going on in the league right now that almost nobody is talking about in the media. And it's so strange to me, you know, I'm 20 years into my NBA coverage career now. And so I have seen um, three major collective bargaining agreement deals um, and one that went, you know, went into lockout. So that was fun for all of us. Um, And there's a, there's a CBA deadline to strike a deal in 10 days, 10 days from this pod comes out December 15th. CJ McCollum uh, and I were um, talking about it. He's like, yeah, everything's kind of going fine. You know, I, I wasn't expecting to give me a blow by blow update president of the players union. And I've talked to some people on the league side and they go, yeah, we don't anticipate any problems. And I'm like, there's always problems. There's always problems. So it's not like a, a huge issue if the, the, the both sides have until December 15th to let the other side know that they're going to opt out of the deal. And so it's kind of like a deadline. It doesn't mean that if they don't have a deal by December 15th, that they're going to have a strike or a lockout. And it's not even for next year. It's for the year after next year, for the 2024, 20, 25 season. Um, but it's interesting. Nothing is said. And then the reason I'm even bringing it up now, Bobby, is that this last week, this memo goes out to, the executives detailing next year's scheduling and it has an option in there to alter the schedule a little bit for the mid-season tournament which clearly they are negotiating right now and i would think that if they don't get an agreement by december 50 a mid-year agreement now they're not going to be able to schedule them they can't they can't come to an agreement in july and then schedule the mid-season tournament for february for december it doesn't work so I just want to know your side of it, having been on the other side of it. Should we be talking about this? Is this something to be quote unquote worried about or paid attention to? Maybe not. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think a couple of things there. I mean, I think from a, from a, from the scheduling standpoint, I mean, this is the time of year right now when teams are starting to send their schedules in for next year, as far as their building availability dates. And I wouldn't be surprised if the league is basically telling them, 
these dates are going to be the need to be held open here um, for that. I looked actually, I went back and looked at um, what happened in 2016, right? Like basically the, the, the current CBA that we're under is basically like an amendment to the past, to the pro- <laughs> it's I mean, like, it, it's probably one of like, like, thank God. I mean, like, cause 2011 was a, I mean, like we, we could do another pod about 2011, like 2011, which was the lockout year was, and I remember, cause I, I remember talking with Andy Ellsberg from the heat about this and we laughed and like, basically the, the agreement came about and then like, we had a call with the league. They, they told us what the rules were like, okay. And in about three hours, you guys can go out and sign guys. And we're like, what just happened? We're like, what just happened? You know? Cause it was in like right before Christmas time, but back in well, 2000- not only that they completely renovated the luxury tax system. Oh, well, it I wasn't mean, like, okay, tax- we got a deal standard operating procedure. They, cha- I mean, they changed everything. Well, everything, the hard cap. I mean, when you if, when you are a team that we were a team that in New Jersey that was always under under the salary cap, and then we go from the salary cap to becoming a luxury tax team the following summer. So then you're like you're basically playing catch up, right? Because you don't think like you were going to be in that position here. But um, I went back and looked at 2016, which is kind of in, we're in the same situation. And and what happened back then was. They moved the opt-in, um, the opt-out date, the December 15th opt-out date to January 13th. And the agreement in principle was reached right around 15th, 16th of December. I remember I was in church when once a team sent me the term sheets for that. And it basically in my car with a flashlight reading like the, the, uh, the actual term sheets of the agreement here. So <laughs> the reason why the, the um, it's pushed back to January 13th, although there is a, a let's say a principle and an agreement is they have to ratify the deal from both sides standpoint. So I think when you look at it, they don't want to opt out and then kind of leave themselves exposed. So I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, they, maybe they push this back a little bit and then within the next few weeks we hear you know, maybe next 10 days that there's some type of agreement in principle on um, on the key terms and everything. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's been like this feeling and some people have articulated this and oh man, especially with, you know, player empowerment and missed games or whatever. Wait till the next CBA. The owners are going to go for blood. I mean, I, we don't have an agreement and I'm not sitting in on the meetings, but that isn't the vibe that I've gotten at all. I've got, I haven't gotten the vibe that there's blood at all i mean one of the things that i is you know the midseason tournament is going to be the headline grabber but one of the big things that's going to be a a discussion point is are they going to lift the age limit and put the age limit back to 18 and there's been this long running back and forth there you know the give and take there is that the league if they're going to admit 18 year olds the league wants to do way more extensive medical testing on players you know, cause you know, the idea is that they won't have been able to watch them in, you know, in either in the G league or in at college. And so they'll have less information. And of course, what they really, the players union doesn't want players to sort of be maybe harmed by like somebody finding some, you know, gene that is, you know, or, you know, some predilection to, uh, you know, ACL tear, you know, his, his, he lands 13% heavier on his instep. And so therefore he's got a 9% chance more of tearing his ACL and I'm making this all up, you know, and, you know, so red flag, you know, so they're, that's what they've, 
sort of been fighting over for years now. So that's going to kind of be interesting, but like, I'm not, and I don't know if you are either, I'm not getting any vibe of like gouging out the eyes here. So I do think there's a chance that there could be an agreement. I'm just not hearing much about it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, um, I think what you'll probably see is certainly the aged um, limit will be, is probably the central focus. And as you mentioned, the plan, I think you'll see some, maybe some tweaks to luxury tax, Maybe the brackets get expanded a little bit. I think one thing to keep an eye on is the extension rules are going to be possibly changed where, you know, you're not restricted as far as it's basically like the Zach Levine rule, right? Where you're kind of, you know, they were kind of caught in that place where they can only extend them for 120% because he was on such a good team friendly deal. Similar to what Jalen Brown is in Boston, yeah. where maybe you can extend him for 30% of the cap for that season you know, of the, of the first year of that, that would, you know, there's no, there's no harm there. I mean, the goal is to, re, you know, player retention as far as staying with teams. And I think you'll see more tweaks in, in that realm. Um, but I don't think it's probably going to be another am amendment to kind of what these current rules are right now. I'm already bracing for the hot takes. Cause it, I mean, look, maybe they don't get, maybe they don't get it done, but they're clearly preparing for the midseason tournament to be there. And you know, it'll probably be something like the G League is doing right now. Yeah. So in the G, so right now the G League teams are playing games and then it sets up the seating for the G League showcase, which is in what, two weeks in Vegas? Yeah, 19th. Yep. Three weeks, I guess, two and a half weeks. And then they play a tournament there and then they start kind of anew in the second half. That wouldn't be what happened in the NBA. I think the concept is, You'll play the games and they'll sort of count on the midseason tournament scoreboard and also the regular season scoreboard. And then it'll set the, the terms of the midseason tournament, which I don't know if it'll be played at a neutral site or it'll be played in these sites, but it won't, you won't know the games and there'll be a certain element of not knowing a certain portion of the schedule. And the idea is I, I've compared to Bobby. If you have a better comparison, you remember that the preseason NIT in college basketball used to kind of be a thing. Yeah. Um, and it would culminate in like a final four at the garden. Right. Or we didn't yeah. always get just complete at the garden. They always at the garden. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, you know, and then, and teams that when they would win it, they would hang a banner. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not saying they hung it at Duke, but there were places they would <laughs> hang a banner. And now <laughs> you may say, well, then, why did it go away if it was so well that's a good point because ultimately teams felt that they could do their own thing at their own buildings and whatever and and so but that's kind of what i kind of think it is like the preseason nit counted it counted in your it counted in your your um standings or in your record and everything like that and if you won it you were excited and there was some measure of celebration and your there was some recognition that you would hang a banner, but then your season would move on. And when you get to the end of the season, maybe you made the turn, maybe you didn't, but Hey, we did, we did make the semifinals of the preseason NIT. And I just, so that's kind of what I'm comparing it to. And I just know that when, when, if it comes together, Bobby, that they're going to, people are going to just mock it and they're going to say it's ridiculous. And I don't even know what the reaction from the players is. I, you know, I guess that's one of the things that's probably being negotiated right now is what's, what's incentivizing the players, but if it does get done in the next two and a half weeks, that will be, I think, have 
the reaction central on that one. Yeah. I mean, I think from the, from the player standpoint, like if it doesn't screw up, like how we basically are operating as is, and then there's a cash component to it, right? Like maybe you can make an extra million dollars if you win this or $2 million here. Then I'm thinking like, well, what the, it's, it's, I'm just, all I'm doing is playing the same amount of games and more money and I'm getting more money to it. Right. So what, what is it to me? You know? Right. And it might be something else for the league to sell in terms of a property. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, until you told me about them pushing it back until January, I had no, I remember that there was after the 2011 lockout, there was almost no drama in 2016. And we knew that for, for months there would be no drama. And here it's been, this, it's been almost less than that. It's, it hasn't even been a discussion point. Like I've been in touch with people who are heavily involved in it. Yep. And I've had full conversations and that, and, and these people are like, you know, going to meetings, you know, reading emails, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, obviously it, it's, it's kept close to the vest because they're sworn to secrecy, but you know, stuff gets out. And it's never mentioned. And by the way, I don't even think to ask and they don't think to bring it up. So I don't know. We'll see. I would say this. If there's a CBA that's agreed to, whether it's by December 15th or January 15th, should never be taken for granted. <laughs> you know, oh, I lived peaceful. Through it. Yeah. <laughs> I lived through 99. <laughs> oh, did you? 98, yeah. 99. <laughs> did you do, did you get your salary? Uh, docked those years i did i did in 2000 uh we had furlough fridays <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah never fun so um all right well thanks bobby for uh coming on i appreciate it thank you jackson thanks. for staying up jackson's pulling double duty this he's doing nfl stuff on sundays and this podcast so we appreciate it jackson and we will talk to you guys uh, later this week Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash hoop now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash hoop.